Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it, let's do it, let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, as always, I'm your host, John June. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Uh, as you all know, we are getting into some rookie analysis. I'm starting to do some some of my rookie analysis. And, you know, with the pandemic and everything that happened with COVID-19, um, this year is going to be actually a little bit different than most, um, you know, probably than any other year we've had. We've had college players opt out. Uh, we had uh, college games, some college games get canceled. We, we saw some teams not even play full schedules. Uh, we're not going to have an NFL combine this year, um, which that one is, is tough because, um, you know, the NFL combine, that's a controlled environment. Uh, all those testing results in terms of the 40 yard dash, the vertical jump, um, you know, all those things, those are all controlled. Um, and, and so, you know, at, at pro days and things like that, you can see numbers vary, you know, team players usually run faster at their pro days. So for somebody like me who who's using a lot of this data to model, uh, especially historically, we've got to figure out a different way um, or, you know, just a workaround in terms of how to account for that difference this year. Um, you know, so I do have a plan for that uh, to be able to adjust these pro day numbers uh, to to tr- you know more closely represent what would have taken place at the NFL Combine, um, but one position where the evaluation shouldn't change, at least from from that standpoint, is the quarterback position. Uh, that evaluation should be pretty fluid, uh, and honestly, things shouldn't change that much between now and April, uh, unless someone ends up in a, a ridiculously good landing spot, but. I think last year my rankings didn't change all that much. Um, you know, again, it really does depend uh, on the landing spots. I mean, I know last year I had Jalen Hurts in my top five, but if you know if he had you know pre-draft, but if he had gone in the first round, he would have stayed there. Unfortunately, he didn't. I think I moved him to five though. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and check. But either way, um, a lot of stuff isn't going to change between now and. April, especially uh, with the way that my model works, uh, you know, I my model evaluates college production, height, weight, breakout age, and draft capital when it comes to the quarterback position. Obviously, other positions it's a little bit more intensive, but a quarterback don't need uh, much combine data, uh, just the official height, height and weights. Um, you know, so uh, again, college production we have that. Uh, estimated height and weight, we have that. Breakout age, we have that. And, and essentially, the draft capital, you can assume that these guys will be first-round picks. Um, and if you if you make that assumption, uh, then um, it would be, you know, it's, e- it's easy to see what these guys' potential ceilings could be. And, and so it's an exercise that I usually do, and I usually only do it for the quarterbacks uh, just because, you know, those guys, it's a little bit easier to see a world where, you know, they end up f- as first-round picks where it's a little bit tougher with quarterback or with running backs and wide receivers. But 
uh, with the quarterback, something that I like to do just so I can get an idea as, as early as possible what kind of prospects we have here. So again, I'm going to go through my top five uh, dynasty rookie prospects or incoming prospects here. Uh, and again, I'm not expecting much to change between now and April and unless someone ends up in a ridiculously good landing spot or someone gets drafted higher than we thought or someone gets drafted lower than we thought. Um, so those those all would could impact how these rankings change. But for the most part, I, I think they they might stay like this. But obviously, as we always do, we react to new information. Um, but my rookie QB one. Um, going through my top fives here, starting with number one, my rookie QB one is Trevor Lawrence, uh, the quarterback prospect from the University of Clemson, threw for over 10,000 yards in his college career, 90 passing touchdowns to just 17 interceptions, ran for 943 rushing yards in his career, which I, th- I think is good. I, you know, I, I, I don't have any data to, to kind of support this claim, but uh, I'm just going to go with it, so hear me out. I think that any quarterback who can get close to a 1,000-yard uh, career rushing yardage mark uh, yardage mark in, in a two- to three-year college career uh, is most likely to bring back value with their legs at the next level. And so, um, again, I haven't vetted that. It's just something that just looking at prospects, um, looking at, as I end, I'm like entering in their college data, it's just something that sticks out to me with the guys that are able to get close to that thousand yard total and and uh, what they've done in the NFL thus far and and you know what their potential is as well. So Lawrence definitely has that element. Uh, he's also a weapon around the goal line. Has 18 career rushing touchdowns. Uh, Lawrence has basically been the next big thing for like three years, uh, and he's now finally eligible to enter the NFL draft. Uh, he's widely regarded as the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Um, so, you know, what for me, what does the data say? Lawrence has been, uh, or Lawrence has the best college production score of this class in my model. Uh, and if again, if you assume that Lawrence is a first-round pick, which... I would say is safe to assume uh, he will have the highest grade that my quarterback model has given out going back uh, through the last four drafts, including this one. Uh, and that's impressive because the highest score I've seen was from Lamar Jackson, uh, who pretty much broke my model. Uh, his his college production, absolutely insane. We want to talk about a thousand rushing yards. Uh, Lamar had 4,000 uh, in college. So, uh, anyway, I digress here. Uh, you know, I think Lawrence has a, a very high probability of success. Uh, I, you know, I really do like his his anticipated situation. He's expected to be the number one overall pick um, to Jacksonville, which I think is a great landing spot when you consider all the weapons that will be around him from uh, DJ Shark to LaVisca Chanel, uh, James Robinson. Uh, you know, obviously they can they can make some upgrades along the offensive line, uh, maybe add a, a, a tight end. Um, but either way, this is a really good landing spot. And the fact that he lands with Urban Meyer, who who's an offensive genius, um, you know, knowing how to use guys with similar skill sets to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, when you look at what he did with Alex Smith back in Utah, 
uh, what he did with Tim Tebow at, at Florida and, and even the group of quarterbacks that he had at Ohio State. And again, this is not even going to be a hot take to say this, but Lawrence is the best quarterback that Urban Meyer will have ever coached. Uh, so again, I, I love the overall landing spot here. Uh, and, you know, I know that I said he has a similar skill set to guys like Alex Smith and Tim Tebow. Uh, don't hear what I'm not saying to steal a line from fantasy footballers, Jason Moore. I do not, I'm not saying that Lawrence is, uh, the same type of player as those guys. I think he has a, a, a much higher ceiling, but when you look at what those guys were able to bring to the table, um, you know, especially, you know, uh, I don't know how much of the listeners, I'm, I remember Alex Smith back in the day, but either way, Alex Smith back at Utah, uh, he was a very mobile, very athletic quarterback um, who, again, could uh, was was a was a good enough passer, but also a good enough runner uh, to to put stress on defenses. Tim Tebow, uh, definitely not the passing part, but the running part had that part down uh, that he was able to stress defenses. And I think Trevor Lawrence uh, has. You know, all of the he's a he's a better passer than Alex Smith and Tim Tebow were. He's a and he's a maybe a better runner than than uh, Alex Smith was, but maybe not the not as powerful as Tim Tebow. But I would I would go as far as to say uh, could be a more dynamic runner than Tim Te- than Tim Tebow. But either way, overall, I like the landing spot here. Um, and when you watch this Clemson offense, it's kind of easy to want to kill uh, Lawrence when when you watch that. You know, you see everything's a bubble screen or something behind the line of scrimmage. But one of the things I've learned over the years, uh, especially last year with a guy like Justin Herbert uh, watching his college film, is you, know, is you have to make sure you can separate what a player can and can't do versus what he's being asked to do at the college level. And so Lawrence, I think, is a, is a he's definitely an example of that when I watch that Clemson offense, obviously there's, there's a lot of talent there on that Clemson team. Um, you know, a lot of this, a lot of the play design seems, you know, seem to be getting guys in space as quickly as possible, whether that was through bubble screens or tunnel screens or, you know, uh, half running back screens, whatever it was, uh, you know, that was what Trevor Lawrence was asked to do. So, um, you know, he does have all the tools, I think that he can be a uh, a top flight passer in this league, uh, and so you know this landing spot here with Jacksonville, I'm not gonna shy away from it at all. I will be taking Trevor Lawrence with the 101 in uh, super flex leagues uh, in in rookie uh, rookie in super flex rookie drafts don't know why i can't speak today but in one quarterback leagues uh it really depends on your team structure uh you know last year we saw joe burrow going mid first in one quarterback 12 person dynasty rookie drafts Uh, trevor lawrence could go in that range as well but this class is is pretty deep uh that you could make an argument that waiting is is the right move in in one quarterback leagues but again two quarterback leagues i'm going to pull that trigger uh, you know, at the one on one spot, assuming I need a quarterback. Um, but yeah, that's 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 it with Trevor Lawrence, man. This guy, uh, again, I think we always get prospect fatigue. You know, we get tired of talking about a guy uh, and speaking so glowingly about him for two, three years that as a community, we have to find 
we have to start pointing out bad things. Um, and, you know, it's kind of overthinking it. And, um, you know, there are other good quarterbacks in this class. No one is really talking about them ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I mean, Urban Meyer pretty much took the Jacksonville job for, for Trevor Lawrence. So he's going to he's going to be the number one pick. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited just from a football perspective, uh, you know, to, to see what he can do. Uh, at the next level with these pieces in Jacksonville is definitely going to be intriguing. Moving on to my rookie QB two, and that is going to be Justin Fields from the Ohio State University. Uh, Fields transferred from Georgia to Ohio State after missing out on the starting job uh, as a true freshman. Uh, He and Trevor Lawrence were actually QB one and QB two uh, in their respective high school recruiting class, Trevor Lawrence being number one, Fields being two. Um, Fields started the last, you know, two seasons at Ohio State, and he really put himself on the map and, and in position to be a, a top two pick and potentially the number two quarterback off the board. Um, you know, in, in other classes, Fields very well could could have been the first pick in the draft. Uh, just happens to be in the class with Trevor Lawrence. Um, but Fields is not only my second favorite dynasty rookie uh, rookie prospect, but he's also my second favorite uh, prospect at quarterback. Uh, he's a guy with 5,700 passing yards in college, 67 passing touchdowns to just nine interceptions. He ran for uh, over 1,100 yards, uh, had 19 rushing touchdowns in his college career. Uh, and now keeping in mind that those numbers are really over the course of two seasons, uh, because his freshman year was, was mainly just was playing in mop up duty as a backup quarterback. But, uh, you know, fields to me is, is where this game is going. Uh, you know, the quarterback position, it's moving towards athleticism and mobility, making off schedule plays. Uh, the quarterback is essentially, you know, the entire offense, um, you know, where they are expected to be the leading passer as well as sometimes even be the leading rusher uh, and, you know, make plays. I mean, essentially that's what the quarterback's job is to do, right, is to create offense, to move the ball. Uh, You know, sometimes they just do a little bit differently. Uh, But today's quarterback, they are mobile, they're athletic, they're able to make off-schedule plays, but they still must be able to play from the pocket. Uh, And I don't want to, I don't want that part to go forgotten, right? I, I, like I think you still need to be able to play from the pocket uh, to survive, you know, to be a successful quarterback in today's game. But I think mobility is important, right? You don't have to be the most athletic. You don't have to, you know, be Lamar Jackson. Um, but being able to be even just have the requisite athleticism of an Aaron Rodgers to be able to evade the rush, to be able to get out of pressure, to be able to buy time for your receivers. Um, I know I just went on a, a little mini rant there, but that's where the game is going. And I think Fields definitely has that. Uh, and he has he has more, too, because uh, honestly, we're talking about a kid here uh, who, who's a dynamic player with his legs. Right. And we know how good that can be for fantasy. Uh, so that's that's part of the reason why I have him here as as my QB, two. Uh, as a Jets fan, I would I would love for them to take Fields, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't think fits. I don't think Fields fits a scheme as much as you would want a scheme to fit him. Uh, if that makes sense, 
basically what I'm saying is don't take Justin Fields and say, oh, okay, well, you know, I know Justin Fields doesn't do this well, but this is my offense and this is what I'm going to run. And so, you know, we're going to ask him to do a lot of these concepts, even though he's not really good at it. Right. Or maybe he's not good at them yet. But what I think you would want to do is you would want to look at Justin Fields and say, hey, how do I build my offense around this guy? How do I, you know, get my uh, get my players and my system to fit around Justin Fields? Build around what he does best, which is make plays and let him develop his game as a passer. I'm not saying Fields will be as good as this guy, but he reminds me of Deshaun Watson when he was coming out. Uh, granted, Watson, you know, had beaten Alabama head to head in the national championship, and I think they had played another thrilling game. Um, but either way, at the time, people still questioned whether Deshaun could be successful in the NFL. Uh, I'm getting similar vibes here from Fields, and I, I truly, honestly think he can be a star in the NFL. I mean, again, he's does he have things to work on? Absolutely, um, you know. But people, people will like to say that he can't process or uh, that he doesn't go through progressions. And there are times where he 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 doesn't go through his progressions, but uh, again, it goes back to what is a player being asked to do. If he's being asked to play action one step, read, then then that's not his fault that he's not being asked to go through a progression, right? Um, but again, these things can get worked on. Uh, he does have that little hero ball in him, which I think is a good thing, right? It's like. You know, if you looked at Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, you'd say, who the heck is this kid? Why is he just throwing everything off of his back foot, rolling out? Try, he's falling. He's trying to get rid of the ball. Um, but then you see him get kind of reined in a little bit, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, this kid is talented. And Justin Fields is, is similar in that way. I'm not, again, I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he is Patrick Mahomes. I'm not even saying he's as, he has the talent level to be Patrick Mahomes. All I'm saying is when you watch the guy play, the bad isn't as bad as it seems because those are things that you that you would expect a coach to try to coach out of him if he's on a, um, you know, again, that's the part, right, with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was drafted to the Chiefs. He was able to sit. The Chiefs were actually a playoff team, had just made the playoffs. They traded up into the top 10 to be able to select Patrick Mahomes. That's not going to be Justin Fields' situation, right? You know, spitballing this out there because I threw this out last week on the podcast, you know, when talking about Deshaun Watson. But if Fields ends up within, like, Houston, right, that's not a situation that's good for him uh, because we obviously saw what Deshaun was going through in that situation. Uh, now, if they get a boatload of draft picks and they're able to build around him, that's a different story, a slightly different story. But um, these guys that are going to get drafted highly, they're going to get drafted to, most likely to a, to a bad team. So um, maybe Fields won't be so fortunate to be able to uh, not have to make these kinds of plays with, you know, these hero ball decisions, as I like to call them. Um, but, you know, definitely think those are things that can get coached out. But either way, the thing that I do want to reiterate is the we the weapon that this guy is with his legs. I mean, this guy, he's 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 a smooth yet powerful runner at the same time. And he's someone he's not even that big. I mean, he's 6'2", 6'3", uh, 225, 230 pounds. Um, you know, so again, this guy, he's he's athletic, he's smooth, he's also powerful, uh, 
and he's he's got a cannon for a right arm. I mean, look, I don't I I feel like I'm speaking to the New York Jets organization through this podcast right now, uh, because y'all are probably tired of hearing me talk about Justin Fields, because that's how uh, in love I am with with the prospect here, uh, you know. But either way, uh, other uh, potential landing spots. I think Carolina. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep putting guys in Carolina. Honestly, guys, you might you guys might get sick and tired of it, but um, they make a ton of sense. I think that if we were able to see, uh, you know, Justin Fields with a you know, with a, a Kyle Shanahan type, or maybe even like a Sean Payton, none of that is going to happen, obviously, I mean, I, I say that now, but none of that is going to happen, those guys pick, those teams are picking way, way down the NFL draft that they'll never be able to sniff Justin Fields, but a landing spot that does make a little bit of sense, the Atlanta Falcons, they pick for number four overall, uh, which would be an interesting story, Justin Fields, Georgia kid, uh, so get to go back home to Atlanta, uh, would be able to sit behind Matt Ryan potentially, or maybe they move on from Matt Ryan. Who knows? Um, you know, Miami probably if they don't if they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, they do keep Tua. They're they're probably not going to take a quarterback there. So maybe there's somebody that uh, can trade out. Uh, they they are somebody that would be willing to trade out of that spot uh, for a team like Detroit or Carolina or Denver that might be looking to come up and and get to a quarterback here but um yeah Justin Fields with with Arthur Smith and that offense with those weapons that's something I mm, okay don't even get me started with that uh before I keep going on more and more about Justin Fields let's move on to the QB3 on my list uh and this one was tough uh this is where we get a tier break I mean Trevor Lawrence his in his own tier Justin Fields in his own tier, um, and then these next two quarterbacks, they're gonna they're gonna share this tier here. But I'm gonna go. My QB three is gonna be Zach Wilson of BYU, Brigham Young University. Uh, this kid came out of nowhere. Uh, it seems. I mean, I was skeptical skeptical of him to be honest. Uh, overall, his his college production is pretty good. 7,600 passing yards, 56 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. To go along with 642 rushing yards uh, and 15 rushing touchdowns over his three-year career. Initially, when I looked at Wilson's numbers, uh, I thought he was stuck in like quarterback competitions all the time because he never really started a full season as a starter until this year. Um, and you know, it, it seemed like he was really just a one-year wonder. But um, I went back and you know did some more digging. He was actually a true freshman who enrolled early in 2018. Um, then took over the starting job by week three, uh, which overall is generally pretty impressive. Um, I mean, obviously, level of competition becomes a question, but either way, to come in early and roll as a true freshman, uh, enter a quarterback competition, and win that job by week three, I think that says pretty well on you. Uh, and then he was the starter entering the season in 2019, but he was injured in week five. Uh, missing about a month of action with I think it was, was a wrist injury. Um, did come back to finish the you know finish the end uh, the end of the year, um, you know. But then this season his his junior season his his what turned out to be his final season. That's when we saw uh, Zach Wilson really take off. 
uh, almost 3,700 passing yards, 33 passing touchdowns, just three interceptions in 12 games, also added 10 rushing touchdowns. Now, again, like I said before, the level of competition wasn't great, uh, but this is one of the things where you where you know you have to look at the player, you have to look at the situation, you've got to look at every little thing. Uh, he was playing with guys that got no separation, uh, and you know, like, and that was a thing with Josh Allen a few years ago, right? You you watch you watch Josh Allen, and it was tough enough to watch Josh Allen by himself, uh, but when you realize that none of his college, I think one of his college teammates ended up playing in the NFL. That was Brian Hill, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, I don't think many of Zach Wilson's teammates are going to be playing on Sundays. I mean, maybe they'll play in their, their local flag football leagues, whatever. But uh, these guys didn't get any separation, even versus tight man coverage. Zach Wilson's putting the ball basically wherever he wants uh, in a spot, you know, where only his guy can get it. Uh, and and uh, these players are littered all over his tape. Um, now, he's not the athlete that Fields or Lawrence are, uh, but he has enough mobility to get the job done from a fantasy perspective. Um, you know, the rushing is a definitely an added bonus for sure, uh, and, and that should be the primary objective when, when we're targeting a quarterback in fantasy uh, to get one with that rushing upside. But, you know, also having one who can make off-schedule plays is something that we should look for as well. And, and Wilson can do that with his arm and his legs. Uh, you know, I think he's a perfect fit for a West Coast scheme, you know, one that is predicated on the quick game and, and taking shots downfield. I think Zach Wilson would be a perfect fit for that. Uh, that's why I think, you know, this has been widely speculated. Um, and, you know, I, I I kind of expected it when the Jets made the hire of Ro- of Robert Sala and, and he was bringing in Mike LaFleur to run the Shanahan system. But if the Jets do end up taking a quarterback at two overall, Wilson is the perfect fit for for that offense. Um, obviously, I think the 49ers would be a great fit as well. Um, you know, Atlanta, uh, Detroit, uh, Carolina, if he makes it there. Uh, Denver, I'm sure, would, would love to have him. Um, you know, so this guy, he, he can be a fit for a lot of teams. Uh, again, doesn't have maybe the high-level athleticism that, that we, we might want. Uh, but, if again, if you, watch, if you watch his tape, you watch this guy play, uh, he's making off-schedule plays. He's running for first downs. Uh, again, he's, he's not a phenomenal athlete. He's not a great athlete, but he's, he's a good enough athlete. Um, and so, you know, where, where do I see Zach Wilson kind of fitting in? I mean, this quarterback class is, is deep and every year, every single year since I've, I guess, since I've been playing dynasty and and really been looking at this, but, um, if you look at quarterbacks who get drafted highly in the first round, for some reason, there's always one who goes mostly for nine. Uh, in 2017, that player was Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, in 2018, it was Josh Allen. In 2019, it was Daniel Jones. And in 2020, it was Justin Herbert. All four of these guys were first-round quarterbacks in their respective draft classes who ended up going after round three and, in most cases, 
round four later of their respective rookie drafts. And all these guys, from Mitch Trubisky to Daniel Jones to especially Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, all these guys have returned value. And so I think Wilson seems, again, I'm speculating here, he just seems like the guy from this class that could slip, especially if he goes to the Jets, uh, and especially when you when you compare him to these other prospects that have these um, these these you know tantalizing rushing upsides. So you know Wilson will slip, he will fall. I will gladly scoop him up in round three or round four, um, but you know of a rookie draft. But he's definitely somebody that is is interesting for sure uh, and I think I think he'll be successful at the NFL level I mean he's the fourth rated quarterback in my model uh, still gets a, a pretty a generally pretty high grade um but compared to the rest of this class I mean again as I said this class is deep um and you know very top heavy right um and the reason why he is number three, I actually didn't even, uh, oh, sorry, he's fourth in my model. Uh, Justin Fields is number three in the model. And then you're probably wondering, well, you said that Trevor Lawrence is number one. So y'all are probably wondering, well, who the heck is QB2 in the model? Uh, QB2 in the model happens to be QB4 in my rankings. That is Trey Lance, the quarterback form from North Dakota State. The same school that produced current Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Carson Wentz. Um, But I think Lance is definitely a more intriguing prospect. Uh, Now, again, COVID has made uh, this this offseason a little bit different. It's made it a little bit tough. Uh, And Lance's case is definitely one that was uh, that COVID has made difficult. He he only played one game this year, which you know didn't really count. It was kind of like a scrimmage, uh, and and he didn't play all that great. And uh, he's only really got one year of starting experience, and and that was at North Dakota State, which is a uh, FCS school or or the the uh, football college subdivision. Um, so the level of competition becomes a question. Uh, but you can't deny Lance's talent. In, in 16 games last season, he had uh, almost 2,800 passing yards, 28 passing touchdowns, and he had zero interceptions. Yes, that is not a typo. That is not, I did not misspeak. He had zero interceptions to go along with 1,100 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns. That was all in one season. Uh, now, assuming he's a first-round pick, like I said, like I alluded to before, he actually grades out slightly higher than Justin Fields as the quarterback too. Um, now, obviously, as I always say, context matters, so that's why I'm going to have him here as my QB four because I understand my model at this time does not account for um, conference level of competition. It also doesn't know that. Trey Lance sat out the entire year. Uh, it also doesn't know how raw he is. Um, so, you know, that's why I'm going to have him here. Again, context matters. Uh, 
you know, the real discussion, though, shouldn't be between Fields and, and Lance. It should be between Wilson and Lance. Um, you know, Wilson will probably get high, drafted higher in real life. Uh, but uh, because of Lance's upside, there's a there's a world where he's the, the better fantasy asset than Zach Wilson. Again, I think, you know, Zach Wilson could be the better fantasy quarterback or the better actual quarterback, but... Uh, because of Lance's legs, I think he could be the uh, the better fantasy asset. The only caveat is if if Lance is drafted to a team, uh, you know where he has to sit, which given his situation this year and the level of competition would be very likely, then you wouldn't be getting any immediate return on your investment, uh, as opposed to somebody like Zach Wilson, who you know if he if he gets drafted to the Jets number two overall. You know he'll most likely be the day one starter, uh, and you will get you will get an immediate return on your investment. But in Lance's case, I think that the fact that he might not get that immediate return on your investment, or you, or as a as a as a dynasty uh, manager, you're you're not going to get that immediate return. That could also lead to a dip in his price, where maybe you kind of get a discount relative to these other quarterbacks. Um, you know, I've been saying this privately for for weeks now but i don't see lance falling past carolina at number eight overall they've been super aggressive uh as they try to up try to upgrade the quarterback position so i think that that makes a ton of sense detroit also makes a ton of sense as uh, a team that has jared Goff there so they don't need trey lance to play right away uh so you know they they can afford to take him have him sit uh, same thing with Atlanta. Same thing with Denver. Um, so, you know, these the there's there are spots out there that make a bunch of sense for Lance. Uh, but overall, you know, he's a he's a very good athlete that that fits the mold of where the NFL is going. Like like I previously talked about, if he ended up with a Kyle Shanahan, I'm gonna put everyone with Kyle Shanahan because I just want to see what anyone could do with Kyle Shanahan or what Kyle Shanahan could do with anyone. Either way. Uh, you know, if he could be with Kyle Shanahan, I think we would see that ceiling and some. But as I said, I don't see, uh, I don't see him getting past Carolina, which I think is a really, really good landing spot. You've got a progressive organization and a head coach with Matt Rule that would really embrace this type of of player. Uh, the weapons are in place uh, to help bring Lance along more quickly. Uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Obviously, I have to see what happens with Curtis Samuel, who's in, who's in free agency, uh, but also. You know, don't forget CMC out of the backfield. Um, you know, they also have Teddy Bridgewater there, who's still under contract, so they can have him. You know, uh, sit be- have Trey Lance sit behind uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, and kind of go through that whole spiel uh, and let you know Trey Lance develop kind of behind the scenes. Uh, but yeah, this this again, this guy tantalizing. Uh, you know the. It's it, again. It's tough to watch him because a lot of the guys uh, that he was playing against. I mean, I was watching a game against Delaware. Uh, shout out to the CAA, uh, best best conference in one AA football. I stand by that. Um, I might be a little biased though, but anyway, you know, playing against Delaware, and it's tough because you know his offensive line is not very good. His weapons aren't very good. The players he's playing against aren't very good. Uh, and so it, it makes it it makes the whole thing very very tough. But um, you know 
you have to be able to project Trey Lance. You have to be able to say, okay, well, what does he do well? Uh, which obviously he's he's a great athlete. He's a big he's a big athlete, but he's also got a nice throwing motion. Uh, he's also, you know, has a he has a really a really strong arm where he's able to get the ball downfield. Uh, you know, is going to need some coaching. Uh, you know, a little bit could become a more consistent passer, but I think there is definitely a ceiling here. Uh, where a good NFL coach, a good coaching staff, a good organization could put Lance in the right situation. Now, moving forward with my QB five, this one was a little bit tough because it came to down. It came down to one or two guys, uh, and it was either Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. Mac Jones from the University of Alabama, Kyle Trask from the University of Florida. Um, not a huge fan of Kyle Trask. Let's just start there. Um, it's like if you took Tim Tebow and Mitch Trubisky and I'm trying to think of a third player, but basically if you took those two guys and then you like put them together, you kind of get Kyle Trask. I don't know. It's really weird, but like think of those two players less mobile anyway, not here to, to bang on Kyle Trask. Here to talk about Mac Jones because he's the QB5. He's the latest quarterback from the University of Alabama. Uh, The Crimson Tide passer finishes his career with over 6,000 passing yards, 56 touchdowns to just seven interceptions. Now, Jones got his feet wet in 2019 after uh, Tua suffered his his hip injury. Ends up playing pretty well as a a sophomore, and he continued that good play and actually improved on it. Uh, throwing for 4,500 passing yards, exactly 4,500 passing yards, 41 touchdowns, and just four interceptions. Now, um, these four guys that I talked about prior to Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, they all bring something to the table with their legs. Mac Jones ain't going to do that. He brings nothing to the table with his legs. He's not a threat on the ground at all. I think he had two rushing touchdowns in his entire college career, um, and he was also in a, he was also in a really good situation playing on one of the most talented Alabama teams in recent memory. When you got the receivers out there like uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, and then you've got Najee Harris at running back, and then that offensive line from from left to right. I mean, you've got at least two potential first round picks on that offensive line. Uh, he definitely benefited from all of that. Uh, but at the same time, where I would normally kill want to kill a player for this, at the same time, I think Mac Jones is a good player. Uh, he's like he's what I like to call uh, you know, a point guard playing quarterback. Uh, he, he's not going to make plays with his legs. He might not even beat you by himself, right? But if you give him a pocket to work from and you find him some open pass catchers, he will distribute the football. Um, Kirk Cousins is this. Jimmy G is this. Drew Brees at times has been this. It's not a knock. It's just to say he's going to need some help. Uh, unfortunately, because of the nature of the, de- the nature of the demand of the quarterback position, Jones will most likely be drafted highly to a less talented roster. Uh, 
you know, I think a team like the Washington football team would, would love to have Jones at 19. Um, you know, maybe he makes it there. Maybe he doesn't. Um, you know, I don't think that they'll be able to get him. You know, New England makes sense at 15. Don't sleep on a team like Minnesota uh, if they decide that maybe they want to move on from Kirk Cousins and get cheaper at quarterback. Uh, don't be surprised if the Raiders maybe get in get in on Mac Jones. Um, you know, he's a guy that I might not have on, you know, I'm not going to have a lot of Mac Jones on my on my dynasty rosters just because I covet I I I really do covet mobility at the position. Um but in super flex leagues or you know leagues where I'm picking in the 5th 6th round of a rookie draft uh you know or or in my other leagues we have a supplemental draft after the rookie draft and if he's still available I mean he he plays quarterback I mean those guys you can pick them up and you could trade them for for almost anything half the time, um, especially in Superflex. So, uh, you know, Mac Jones, you know, it's again, it's tough. I mean, ideally what you would want is you would want a team uh, that's, you know, picking that's picking later in the draft uh, that needs a quarterback uh, to potentially trade up. Right. Like, uh now again, this would be so. I'm not saying that Pittsburgh should do this, but what if Pittsburgh came up and said, "Hey, we're going to trade up to get Mac Jones." I don't think Mac Jones is the guy that you maybe want to trade up for. You don't want to because he's again, the ceiling there is Kirk Cousins. Of you know, if you are mortgaging your future to build around that guy, it's you're not gonna. You know, uh, Daniel Jeremiah talks about uh, quarterbacks. You know, him and Bucky Brooks, they have this. This phrase is a quarterback a truck or a trailer, um, you know, and the truck meaning, you know, like the Russell Wilsons, the Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watsons, where they just kind of put the whole team on their back and they say, all right, let's go. Or are they the trailer like, you know, the Kirk Cousins or the Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, where the team is like, OK, OK, Kirk, you know, let's go or Jimmy, let's go. You know, we got this. Uh, and, you know, if the left guard that day doesn't do their job or the left tackle doesn't do their job or if Adam Thielen is out or Justin Jefferson can't go or uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle are, are all out or Kyle Shanahan is sick and can't call a game. <laughs> but whatever it is, right, you know, these guys are going to have a bad day. And I feel like Mac Jones is that same type of player where he's if if things aren't good around him, it's not going to go well. Right. Uh, I think Chicago makes a ton of sense, right? I think, um, you know, he could play in a situation like that. Um, but obviously, if they don't bring Allen Robinson back, that's not really an ideal situation. I mean, again, I don't know what is an ideal situation for Mac Jones. I really don't because uh, he's going to get overdrafted because of the position that he plays. I mean, I, I, that's just my belief. I don't know this for a fact. But I can I just don't say I don't see him making it past. I don't see him making it to, to 19 or 20. And that's where I would be more apt to be in on him. Right. Like if he ends up in New Orleans, like I would I would be in on him, but I don't see how that happens. Right. Or maybe Tampa Bay looks at it and says, hey, how do we get our quarterback of the future here? 
Uh, maybe, who knows? Maybe they don't. Because when you got Tom Brady, or you, you know, t- are you really, is Tampa really focused on that? Or are you focused on getting Tom Brady some more help? Right? So, again, it, I'm all, it could be all over the place with Mac Jones. It's going to be about the landing spot. And if you trust it, if you trust the organization that drafted him, if you trust the pieces that are around him, uh, and if you believe in Mac Jones, the talent, um, you know, he, he's, he's graded out. Okay. In my model. I mean, he's not, it's not spectacular. It's not great. Uh, you know, he's, it's just okay. And I don't think that's, you know, necessarily says one, you know, says one way or the other, whether he's going to be a successful prospect or not. Uh, again, he doesn't, my, my model values mobility. He doesn't have that. So, um, yeah, Mac Jones is definitely going to be an interesting, interesting, uh, prospect to watch, uh, and see how, uh, you know, how NFL teams approach him, you know? Um, but yeah, y'all, that is all I got for my top five rookie quarterback prospects um, as it pertains to the incoming dynasty prospects here. So again, y'all, I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. Um, if you, again, could just go on, leave us a, leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening uh, next week, be sure to be back with us. Um, got a guest on here for you. Not gonna, not gonna reveal who it is yet. Gotta keep, you know, gotta let the anticipation build a little bit. Um, but definitely don't want to miss next week because we're breaking down wide receivers, uh, going through, uh, some of these wide receivers in this rookie class, uh, similar to what we did today, but again, have a guest. So, uh, it'll be, mm, you know, could get a little fun, you know, uh, you know, depending on, you know, maybe we agree on something. Maybe we disagree on something. Who knows? But there's only one way to find out. Got to come back next week. So, y'all, uh, enjoy this Valentine's Day weekend. Spend time with your loved ones. Spend time with family. Um, you know, just continue to be good to one another. Continue to love one another. And uh, until next time, y'all, we are out.